yeah, thank you, Tom, for taking the time to come and speak to us. It's, uh, it's really good to have you on. For, uh, for people who don't know who you are, give us a little explanation about what you do. Uh, so my name is Tom. I make a predominantly, well, I, I do a few things, but mainly I, people know me from making YouTube videos on Bite Review channel, which is my YouTube channel, uh, which focused on technology in, in general, but it's kind of niched down to iPad stuff as of the last six months or so. Um, I work as a freelancer doing video and photo work, um, usually two days a week. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. Amazing. Cool. So um, where did all that start from? What gave you the what gave you the idea to start making YouTube videos and start being a freelancer? Um, yeah. Where did it all come from? Um, the YouTube videos uh, definitely came first because when I started YouTube, which was uh, or five years ago now, which is quite a long time, an embarrassingly long time if you look at my subscriber count, um, is it, basically my my girlfriend at the time started, she was really into YouTube and she wanted to get a camera and all this sort of stuff. And she started her, she started a channel, uh, which she doesn't really do anymore, which is fine. But I, it kind of got me interested in making YouTube videos. And I've always watched your, your classic, you know, your tech, your golden oldies in tech. So like the MKBHD and all that lot, like had been watching them for years anyway, like just generally interested. Um, but it was a combination of a few things. So it was those two, but I also, I was working as a tutor at a college at the time, which is like a pastoral care. You look after a few hundred students in terms of getting them to apply to uni and all that sort of stuff. And I, I found it really stressful uh, or really, really difficult. It was the first job that was really challenging because I just worked in a phone shop before of all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was finding that really stressful. So I decided to quit. I didn't have another job lined up. I was like, I just can't do it. Um, so I handed my notice and then a media technician job came up. Uh, this was about 2014. And I hadn't held a camera before or anything like that. Uh, and then, yeah, I got, I got that job, which was part-time. I just thought, I'll, find, I'll run this part-time job at the same, I was at the same college. And uh, it can't be that hard being a media technician, handing out cameras to students. Uh, and then luckily, the, the job kind of clicked really well. And I really, really enjoyed kind of learning about cameras. I started watching a lot of digital rev TV, which I hadn't seen before. So there's so much content to like consume because I had no idea on any of it. So I was watching a lot of that and then eventually bought my own camera. And then when I got my camera, I was like, oh, I want to I'll start a YouTube channel because what better way to learn things than to actually do them? Uh, so that's how it came about, really. I, I was doing those, all those things combined just kind of made me do that. But um, sorry, I'm rambling already at this point. No, it's good. Um, and, and, then, uh, and then freelancing came quite a lot after. I was, uh, when I was doing this media technician job, I kind of explained this in a video before, like why I left teaching. But I, I ended up doing a few years there. I started teaching a little bit because the teachers knew that I knew Photoshop quite well. And then I knew Premiere Pro quite well, just from editing and doing my own stuff. And they were like, hey, do you want to you know, teach, a, teach a little bit? Uh, like two or three hours a week and then it was like the year after that it was like do you want to teach full time so that was really stressful I didn't want to do it I was doing I was doing so many things at once I was was playing in a wedding band I was doing the YouTube channel I was uh, teaching full time I was learning to teach and I had my own little podcast as well and I was like oh my god I'm really stressed out and I didn't realize Uh, so and then and then COVID hit uh, in a couple years ago and then I've it felt like that was the death toll for teaching. I was like, I can't, it didn't, it's now too much. Um, 
Uh, there's some more to that story. I went part-time with teaching as well, but they all they did was chop off two days and crush all my lessons into three days. And it was, if anything, it was worse and I was getting less pay. Mm. Um, so yeah, then I, I had a few, during this time as well, I was trying to freelance as well. So I was uh, freelancing as and when I could, because I really enjoyed it. And I had some friends that were doing it. So I, it was easy for me to catch on to it. Um, so I had all that as well. So then uh, I, I quit teaching. I managed to land like a, a constant freelance gig for two days a week, which I still do um, with a marketing company. And then I just started freelancing on the side of that. And then obviously YouTube was earning enough anyway. So that's how it came to be. Sorry, that's a really long story, but that's, no, that's no. kind of how I ended up where I am. And uh, it's been it's been fun ever since. I don't I don't regret it at all. Don't don't uh, regret leaving teaching because I did leave in the middle of a pandemic, which felt scary because loads of people were like losing their jobs and stuff no that's really good a lot of people that we've spoken to actually started through the pandemic as you said because of more time and different circumstances so it makes a lot of sense you um have and and you and you played it down a bit but you shouldn't do 52.1 thousand followers or um subscribers on youtube which is which is no small feat whatsoever and like you said it, it sounds as if it's earning you enough money for you to be able to do something that you really enjoy so how have you managed to grow an audience of that size cool um so i guess when i started which was about 2015 ish um i was just doing phone reviews because that's the only thing that interested me and i didn't i didn't realize back then because i was just making videos i wanted to make that the the wave of people making phone review videos like those people had already got their audience and taken off so like you know I keep coming back to MKBHD as, a, as an example, but you know he was had already been doing that for years. So anyone looking for phone stuff would only go to a few people. Mm-hmm. So the first like the first four years, I mean the first yeah the first four years, I well put it this way, I was on twenty five thousand subscribers in December of twenty twenty. So I've really grown this year. This year has been the biggest year for growth because I've realised way too late annoyingly too late um but this is just one of the things you have to go through with youtube is that you can't gen, general tech is no longer a niche you can't cover that and expect to compete regardless of how good quality your videos are because some people's videos that i watch that are on like 20 30 40k are immaculate you know you wouldn't be able to tell the difference from some of the biggest people but because they're covering like one phone this week and then a keyboard that week and then a office chair this week they don't grow very much. And they're, you know, and I had that realization back in December last year that I was like, wow, this, I'm going to struggle with this forever until I niche down to a point where uh, I've got, you know, where I can actually make a difference in what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that, go on, sorry, sorry, go on. No, 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 go ahead. I was, yeah, what I was going to say is when, and when I started, uh, making ipad videos because i was at the time i was really really enjoying it because the ipad pro came out and it's very different to the ones before it and you know apple make cool stuff so i was i was excited about it and making a few videos about it and every time i noticed every time i made an ipad video it did quite well so this year i just really hammered it i've tried to jump out a few times just to do some other stuff like what's in my bag things like that lifestyle things but you know the ipad always makes an appearance and i always make sure it's in the thumbnail because otherwise my audience won't click, which yeah. is fine. You know, that's that's who my audience come to me for now. And that's that's helped massively. And I really wish I realized that earlier. 
yeah and it, it's as you said it's so competitive that you can't you can't like you say do a, a very wide thing um no i i personally and this is a complete side note but i was watching your videos to then come to the conclusion to buy myself an ipad in the first place (laughs) saying that makes (laughs) makes a lot of sense if you if you feel like your content's working it definitely is because it it made me buy one so um, yeah i I hear i hear that a surprising well not a surprising amount but i get quite a few people say i bought an ipad because of you (laughs) and it it makes me feel bad sometimes like well i'm not suggesting you should buy one i just really (laughs) enjoy it and here's some videos about it no um, i guess guess that's a massive part of what you do is that you you as a as a youtuber especially need to be able to um be an an affiliate salesman so to speak so yeah have that kind of thing in your arsenal where you can you can influence people to to go out and and do that is surely a good thing do you think that's something that people need to if they're looking to get into this kind of work so to speak is it something they need to practice and and work on um i think like the the problem i think the thing is at the start if you if you want to start making content or anything you've got to have this base level of enjoyment you've got to have this bar that you can jump over every time and when you first start off you need to find out what that is so you can't just think you know for instance if I started um if I started another channel now and it only focused on one very small thing and I was only making videos about that all the time I can imagine that would probably be a YouTube channel to just talk about one thing but so when you first start you've got a bit of freedom to to see what you want to make in in a way it's that which is quite nice and then you can when something hits well you know if you get loads of views on one thing you can then decide okay well how am I going to jump off from that because that's the thing that's working and then you might create a you know some sort of strategy for lack of a better word around that content that still keeps you creatively engaged and that that's kind of what I've done with the iPad stuff like some of the iPad stuff is quite almost list like you know like his his 10 apps for create uh, for productivity which are really good but then i've also done like day in the life with an ipad and like you know following other people around so like um there's a video i did a while back um i think it was just called ipad pro is amazing for artists and i followed a friend of mine amy who's a tattoo artist who who draws all of her tattoos on an ipad and i was like oh that's really cool i've got to make something around that and you know bless her she was kind enough to let me film in her tattoo studio while she tattooed someone mm-hmm. and so fi- finding little areas like that where you can jump out but still come back around to your your niche as such is is a way to keep making interesting things <laughs> so you've obviously put lots of videos out um where do all of your ideas for your content come from um that's a great question it's I use I use like um, an app called Trello, which I, any any time I hear I think of something, I'll, I'll write it down, regardless of how small or little the idea is. But usually, what video I've made before will put will generate the idea for the next one, depending on how well it does. So um, I've been luck, you know, lucky recently, lucky with the algorithm, I guess, and lucky that the content hit well. But I did one which was like. Um, how to get the most from your iPad and that, that, that hit quite nicely for me, which was really cool to see it go over like hundred K views, which is really rare for my channel. So I thought our follow-up to that would be some productive apps. So that's how that bit of content came around the next video I'm making, which is, uh, comes out potentially, uh, Thursday is a, a question I get all the time in those videos, which is what should I get an iPad pro or should I get a MacBook pro? And it's my answer to that. So each video kind of leads on to the next video and 
that that's how it does other things as well like apple usually release something new every year you know ipad wise and that can often generate a huge amount of content so like when the ipad air came out you know that was a sorry the m1 ipad as well there's so much content you can make around that so yeah that's kind of where they come from usually though i just i just write things down as they hit me regardless of where i am and just think oh that could probably turn into something but yeah that's that's probably probably kind of it fair play um you come across to me as a really calm a really calm guy um you know nothing nothing seems to to really phase you and, and it looks as if you're you know you're 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 quite like me and it's like, I'm very introverted. I don't know about yourself, but I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm better off doing things on my own and that kind of stuff. There's lots of people that want to create content online, but mm-hmm. they struggle putting their face in front of a camera. What would yeah. your answer to that point be? What, what, what would you say is the best thing to be able to, to do if you, if you do genuinely want to create something, but are a bit afraid of putting your face up my genuine advice, because I was exactly the same, if you are in that position, my first 30 or 40 videos I made, I didn't put my face in it at all. I just voiceovered the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And t- to reference a really a good channel at the moment that's doing that is there's one called Spawn Point, who's growing like mad at the moment. He's doing incredibly well. And uh, he's never once appeared in a video. And it's all tech stuff. And um, if it makes you feel any better as well, he films it all on an iPhone. And he, he's on like a hundred and 50k you know and he only started his channel two years ago so if you're if you're worried about putting your face out there then you know don't put <laughs> just use your voice um all that sort of thing once you get more confident um then maybe put your put your face out there but if you don't want to you know you don't have to i think when you watch a lot of big youtube channels you, you tend to find uh, an average you know this is i don't want to ballpark anyone but an average youtube watcher probably only watches quite big channels like you know, let's say over a million on each person or something like that. But um, a lot of channels I follow, a lot of people don't show their faces at all. Because I've got a lot of like people, a lot of people I follow and a lot of my friends on Twitter and, and Instagram that are, are under the 50k mark. Because, you know, that's where I've been for the longest time. And there, there's a bit of uh, camaraderie between uh, we, you know, us underground YouTubers, we used to call ourselves that have got like a, an okay following, but like, you know, you're making videos in your spare time, you're making videos outside of work. Or I used to make videos on my lunch break because I used to live opposite where I worked. So I'd, yeah. I'd come home for that hour and I would film or, or write the script or, you know, think about what I could do and set things up. So when I got home, I could just film. So that, yeah, I would, the, the best thing is, because I get this question a lot when I do Q and A's on the channel, people are like, oh, is there any point starting a YouTube channel? Or like, should I, how do I start? The, the best answer is the most simple one is you've just got to start. You've just got to do it. And I didn't, when I started uh, Bite Review, I didn't tell anybody for over a year because the content isn't for your friends. It's not for, you know, if you want to make money out of it, if you want to appeal to everybody, you know, don't put it. I've never once put a Bite Review video, video on Facebook, for instance don't it doesn't need to be on there i don't need a pity like from my mate's mum like that's not that's not what and it's not good for you to get those and and to rely on people that don't really care so build build an audience of people that actually you know for give a damn about what you want to say and what you're making for instance but yeah, yeah that's what i'd say to them no it's, it's a really good point thank you for, for saying that um <laughs> the next thing i want to come on to is your video quality so the the quality of your videos is is immaculate the colors the lighting everything is is unreal when you watch it 
That's very if kind you're, of <laughs> if you're if someone is watching this and they again want to start and they're looking at a video that you've made and they think it's going to take me a long long time to create something anywhere as good as that what would mm-hmm. your what would your combat to that be what would your point to that be do you, you know do you, do you have to start with the best camera in the world do you do you have to start with the best microphone what would you say my, my comeback to that would be, yeah, it is going to take a long time, but that's, that's how it is. If I watch my first video, I cringe at it. It is awful. Like, but that's, you know, I didn't, my first camera didn't shoot 4k or anything. Like that. It was just a 1080p little Sony one. And uh, yeah, I was, when I started as at a time where phone quality camera probably wasn't quite good enough to like, just use your phone. Like iPhones from the 10 upwards now are so good for video and that sort of thing. Mm. But yeah, um, I mean, and the thing is, I didn't have all this gear at the start. I started with a camera and that was it. I, I only recently, honestly, only recently bought a light that about two years ago, I thought I should buy a video light. And you can probably see it. I'm bad podcasting now, but <laughs> you can just see it there. And that was, it was only 120 pounds. It's not like a mind blowing light. I don't have like a, a setup from, uh, you know, a magic setup by any means. It's, it's pretty simple stuff i do have a sony a7 III, which is a relatively expensive camera but you don't need that to make good content you could get if you uploaded it at 1080p and let's face it i think it's 85 percent of youtubers watched in 1080 still it's some it's a horrible statistic like that um then you can get a dslr or a mirrorless camera that shoots 1080 and get a 50 mil lens and make some really cinematic looking stuff the um you know and like you said earlier which are very kind of you to say like i i try one of the things i've always tried to do and i'm still pushing that now in everything i do is is tech youtube is so uh sterile and i hate that like i really dislike you know the clean white tabletops and the minimalism thing like i i like minimalism you know as a thing i'm not a minimalist by any means and i i get it i can see why people are attracted to it but when i make stuff i'm like no i want want it to jump out of the frame i want it to feel like you put in a i want basically when you watch a bite review video and i try and make this obvious from the start of every bite review video is um i want the idea that you find like a vhs tape and you dust it off and it says bite review on the side you stick it into the vcr hmm. and it kind of fuzzes up and it's like and then the quality comes in it like fades in because i i use a huge amount of like grain and, and kind of glitchy stuff especially at the start of each video it's very kind of fades in rather than this sort of hyper clean hyper 8k quality stuff that's always what i try to push against and uh-huh. yeah that's that's why i've got loads of like you know colored card is such an easy trick i've got like every time i go into town which is rare now i'll be like i'm gonna go to the art store and pick up a big piece of blue card <laughs> and walking around walking around the high street with this massive bit of blue card because they don't fold it up they just like put it in like a big bag yeah. but i'm like you know that was like two quid and that that blue card has been more useful than like any lens i've ever bought <laughs> but yeah no, that, that's kind of it really it's, it's a really good point and i think it's it's vital for people to understand it as you said if you want to get started you're not going to have all of the money at the start you know unless you're unless you're getting it off of everybody else to, and it doesn't to make those it videos. doesn't it doesn't help either if i had like all the gear that i have now right at the start I would be, I legitimately think I'd be a worse filmmaker and a worse YouTube maker than I am now 20 times over because you learn to, you grow into the stuff and you really learn to appreciate it. Like when I picked up a, 
I picked up a wide angle prime lens recently and it was really expensive. You know, I'd never be able to afford that back then, but I picked it up now and I was like, oh my God, it's incredible. Like I can finally do all these shots, which I haven't been able to do. But if I had that at the start, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't appreciate it. You know, it's, it's things like that. You really do grow into the gear. And I think that's all part of YouTube. No, that's a really good point. So um, I'm going to come on to money, if you don't mind. I don't need to know exact numbers. That's not something no, sure. <laughs> Give me your tax bill. No, um, I I want to know how you monetize and what and what you do to monetize the content sure. that you put out. Um, so the the classic AdSense from from Google is the straight up way that most people start earning on YouTube, which is. Uh, I always call YouTube the most fickle platform because AdSense is so hard to it's so hard to pin down what you're going to make because some you could get a billion views on a video but if your video is on a controversial topic no one wants to advertise on it so you you might not make a penny okay. but it, in tech it, it depends which country's watching it and it depends uh, how all that sort of stuff happens and it all depends on your CPM but basically I, I um I earn money in three, three or four different ways. So there's YouTube AdSense, which gets me a, an okay amount. It's nothing to write home about. It's probably the equivalent to a three day a week job, maybe, you know, that sort of, that sort of ballpark. Um, I then work for the marketing company as a freelancer for two days a week, which again is like another part-time job. And then I do, so that's two incomes and I do proper freelance stuff, which is without that company, which I do. That's becoming rarer and rarer because I'm trying to actively not do it quite as much because I'm finding YouTube is taking up more time and I'm, I'm earning more for YouTube now than I ever have been. Yeah. Um, but the free, freelancing, freelancing, freelancing is good. That, that can be about 300 to 400 pounds a day, depending on what it is. Um, but understand that some of those only come once a month. So it's it's not as, uh, you know, it doesn't come in as much as you'd like it to, or sometimes it comes in too much and then I don't have any time for anything else. Um, and then the another way I monetize is through um, Kuroku, which is uh, kind of like, um, I, sorry, I don't know how, I don't really push it out that much, Kuroku. I don't know how, do you know about that? <laughs> I do only for watching your videos, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so I, through watching your videos, I, I understand what it is. But yeah, please, please talk about yeah. it. So Kuroku is a, it's like an online brand that me and my friend next door started. Um, is a friend that I've known for a, a really long time um, and she works at this marketing company. But basically in the pandemic, she was furloughed. I had nothing to be creative with effectively. And at the time, so this is, uh, quite a long time ago as as well it was about this time last year I guess I was, I was about to hit 20k subscribers um, and I said to her I was like oh I really want to do like a t-shirt design and just send them out to, to anyone you know not like a competition but more like a hat in the you know put your name in the hat and I'll pick it out and I'll send someone's t-shirt because she designed she designed all my logos and stuff because she's we're into very similar design stuff like the the Japanese sort of aesthetic she really likes and I really like so we just got along but she said she just sent me a bunch of designs like loads and I loved them all I was like I really like all of these designs like I don't know how I'm going to pick and then we just had a really long phone call and she just said I want to start a brand for ages why don't we just turn it into a brand rather than 
a one-off t-shirt thing. So we did. And that's that's what Kuroku turned into, which is we sell like oh we sell like the odd t-shirt and um we sell like uh prints and stuff that Rachel designs. Rachel's like honestly the mastermind behind it. She's so good at design. Like I I can send her like a squiggle of something and she'll turn it into something incredible. Yeah. Um but so yeah, that's come as so through Kuroku, the other main way we we I make money is through digital products, so wallpapers. And uh, recently I did a Lightroom preset pack, which is, if you're not too sure what that is, it's a, uh, a way to edit your photos because I do a lot of photo editing for my job. So over the year, I've slowly but surely built up my own preset pack, um, which I'd been using for ages. And then I just said to Rachel, I was like, I'm gonna build it into a pack mm-hmm. and we'll see how it goes. And I said to her, I was like, don't expect any sales because a Lightroom is kind of like a niche product anyway. Yeah. And it was expensive you know sorry i say it was expensive it's a niche product so i had to price it a bit higher because i was like i'm not going to sell many of them so it's 15 quid rather than like four pound 50 which the wallpapers are and then um i'll sell that too and um that's been you know like i said i don't want to jump into any details but that preset pack really took off in like a really nice way i had a lot of like nice integrations on instagram and like quite a few uh, people with like bigger accounts like you know 100k sort of followers shared it and I you know got a fair few sales from that so those digital products have really really helped like massively but you know when we did them we never thought they would I was never thinking like oh here's how we're going to make a big bunch of cash it was mm-hmm. like I really want to do it because I think it will build nicely into the channel and I don't charge anyone for anything you know the videos are free I don't I don't have a patron I don't hide anything behind a paywall so this is a way for my my audience, if they want to, to say, pat on the back, here's some cash, love what you do, and you get something back for it. Yeah. So that's how I so I've got those three or four different ways how I monetize. And to to class it all into how much I was earning, I, I earn pretty much the same as I did as a full time teacher now. Yeah. Which is pretty good, you know. Nothing's not not pop star wages by any means, <laughs> but enough to enough to live comfortably and you know to do pretty much what I want in a, you know, in a nice way, but I'm no, I'm no high roller by any means. <laughs> the difference is you're doing something you enjoy. So you've, you've exactly. been able to, you've been able to flip your life around to do, you know, work less, but you're working more <laughs> sometimes, but you're doing <laughs> oh, more yeah. than you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. So um, I think that's, I think that's nearly everything that, that I, I wanted to cover, but um. The last thing I wanted to ask you was uh, advice for people who are, you know, looking to start. I know that's what you've been doing the whole time, but if you had to give, if you had to give one solid piece of advice that people were going to take away from this whole episode, what would it be? Um, gosh, uh, that's a, that's quite a hard one. I, I think what you said about um, doing doing it. And, you know, I don't want to be like, you should reach for the stars and follow your dreams because that's, that's not why I did. It took me a long time to get to where I am. And I had a lot of different things going on. Um, if you want a, a lot more in-depth detail, then go and watch the video I made about it. But um, the finding, finding a job that you really, really enjoy um, and working for yourself or whatever it is, has made my life 20 times better than it was when I was teaching like, I usually wake up every day pretty, pretty not, I wouldn't say excited, but pretty, you know, like willing to get on with it, excited to see the final product. You know, when you upload a video, it's 
it's a great feeling and if, if it takes off it's even better um there's the flip side to that is when they do badly and it's like oh i spent two weeks on this and it's doing crap um <laughs> uh, but yeah that my my advice is doesn't matter what it is you know content creation or even if you just want to work in a supermarket or something if you you know it's, i think there's this uh, i almost cringe at myself for doing this but there's a steve jobs quote that says you can never do truly great work until you love what you do and it's so 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 true it's you just don't you know if you're if you're going to work a okay job for the rest of your life and you're, you're never really happy with it then you'll never make anything truly you're proud of and, and happy with um and the last thing i say i guess is is create being creative is a choice people are like oh, i'm not very creative it's like well no because you're not trying to do anything and uh, i always hate it when people are like oh you're very creative it's like no i i decided one day that i was going to make some stuff and now i've just trained myself to be you know to 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 be like that anyone can be as creative as anybody else you've just got to wake up that day and decide you want to do it rather than like i can't because of this or i won't because of that so yeah that's my advice just start just start a youtube channel <laughs> it's not easy it's not easy no all of that advice that you've given is 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 really solid advice and um i really appreciate you taking the time to come and speak to us so uh, thank you very much that's okay. My pleasure. Cool. And I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Uh, we'll link everything of Tom's in the description. So make sure that you go and check him out too. But uh, Tom, where can people find you? Um, it's just, if you just type bite review into YouTube, you'll see a bunch of uh, like denture videos, but scroll down and then you'll see me. <laughs> uh, maybe type up bite review iPad in and you'll find me, but everywhere else is at bite review. Oh, perfect. No, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, thank you for all the advice you've given. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people out. So um, yeah, good luck with everything. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Thank you.